Hello, New York Giants fans. Welcome back to the Everything New York Giants podcast. I'm your host, Adriana, also known as New York Giants Fangirl. And it is Victory Monday, guys. We have something to celebrate. I know it wasn't pretty. I know it was very questionable for a good portion of the game. But there are some really good takeaways from yesterday. So I'm going to recap the offense, defense, special teams like I usually do. And then because we're on a short week this week, I am also going to uh, preview a little bit of the Niners game. And then on Friday, I'll do a recap of the Niners game podcast. So you can have that on your radar coming up this week. Now, let's talk about the game. We're going to start with the offense. Um very ugly showing for the first half. I think it was very apparent, at least to me, that Daniel Jones did not trust that offensive line. And I got to be honest, I agree with him. I, When I saw what the final offensive line was going to be, I was like, oh my God, Jones is going to get, like, this is it. He's really, he's going to get murdered today. Is it his, his career? Could be over. Very concerned about him. If that guy does not have nightmares about getting sacked by Micah Parsons and every other amazing edge rusher in this league, he's got a really good therapist. Because if I were him, I would be absolutely terrified every minute of every day, including in my dreams. So I don't blame him one bit for being concerned. With Andrew Thomas out and Glowinski benched, the offensive line looked like this. Left tackle, Joshua Azudu, Left guard, Ben Bredesen. Center, John Michael Schmitz. Right guard, Marcus McKethan. And right tackle, Evan Neal. And we all know what last week looked like against the Cowboys. So for anyone, including Daniel Jones, to be concerned about this line is extremely fair. So I, I think that he was still a little rattled. And for that, I don't blame him. I will put blame on him for some of the mistakes that he made. Um, the throw to Slayton was underthrown. Um, the Saquon interception, honestly, I put that more on Saquon than I do at Jones. Every single throw to a wide receiver running back tight end is not going to be in the chest. If you've watched every single quarterback play this game, it's impossible to always get it in the right spot. The ball was right here. There's no excuse for Saquon not to catch that ball. So that one I don't put the, the blame on Jones for. But I I need Jones to get back a little bit to that even-keeledness. And I think we're going to see it now that he has his confidence back after running in a touchdown, after moving the ball down the field. He had some amazing stats yesterday, which we're going to get to in a second. But I just want to see him. like He's always been known for being even-keeled. Obviously, when you're under pressure, majority of the snaps during a game and you're getting sacked left and right, it is extremely difficult to maintain some semblance of calmness. And I know that that is going to improve the more that this line improves. So I know it's early on in the season, but that's one thing I really want to see him continue to improve because he just did not look safe back there. And like I said, I don't blame him, but it's his fifth year in the NFL. He's got the money. You got to prove it now. And he did it in the second half and I was thrilled to see it. Um, but some of the mistakes in the first half, you know, are, he's got to work on that. So some other mistakes I was really disappointed with, and I was having flashbacks to last year is Paris Campbell. You have to catch those balls. There's no excuse. 
And maybe I didn't realize this. I don't know how many of you guys realize this, but I was on live for a while yesterday and I had some Colts fans chiming in saying, no, Paris Campbell did that a lot in the Colts organization. And I've, I never noticed it, I guess. Um, but I was really disappointed. Like I just, I expected more from him. And, you know, when Daniel's under pressure and the line's under pressure and he's doing the best that he can and we can't get a run game going, the offense can't get anything going, like, it is your job to catch the ball. When it is in your hands, there's no excuse. So I was really disappointed on that and just thought that, you know, he ended up turning it around. But I'm I'm having flashbacks to last year where we have Richie James, Kadarius Tony, who doesn't know the playbook, Kenny Galladay, who's literally doesn't know how to play wide receiver. I just like enough is enough. Catch the ball. So between that, the Slayton drop, the Saquon interception, the penalties, I mean, it was just the first half was ugly all around for the offense. Um, I, I don't really have much else to say about that. Um, let's talk about the line a little bit. I want to get into some snaps there, and then we'll get into the second half glory days that we saw from the defense. So... Ben Bredesen left the game with a concussion and Dable confirmed today that he is in concussion protocol. So it is likely that we are not going to see him on Thursday. So Mark Lewinsky, after being benched by this team, well-deserved, I'm glad they did that, came in to play left guard and shockingly did quite well. And, you know, for someone who I think every single player on this team prior to the second half of this game, was struggling with confidence issues. So for Mark Lewinsky to not only get benched and then all of a sudden be forced to come in with an injury playing left guard where he's typically been playing right guard, I mean, I was concerned yet again for this line. And he did really well. So I, I'm overall happy with the line. The pass block win rates, let's go through those because they're very impressive coming off of last week. So Joshua Zudu at left tackle was 89.7% 21st in the league. Mark Lewinsky, 93.8% at 18th in the league. I, I mean, he deserves credit for that. I am very impressed with his performance, especially coming off of what happened last week. I'm not going to come out here and say he's going to be, you know, one of the best guards in the league, but if he makes progress every week, I will be happy. That's all I want. I don't expect him to be an all-pro left guard, right guard, whatever position he's going to end up playing. I don't expect that from him. I just I don't have high expectations for literally anyone on this team anymore. I just need them to be better than they were the last snap. I just need everyone to get a little bit better and improve. So Mark Lewinsky did that, and I'm happy, really happy about that. John Michael Schmitz, the highlight of the day, obviously. Outside of Jones, John Michael Schmitz won 100% of his pass block win rates. That is tied for first in the NFL after week two. I love this guy. He's our center. He's him for the next two years, next 10 years. I know people were worried about him after last week. I get it. I gave him a pass. I think a lot of it was rookie nerves. I think a lot of it was going up against probably the best defensive line in the league. And I think a lot of it was the rain with the botch snap and things like that. And just a clusterfuck of everything going wrong with this entire team last week. He turns it around. This is what I'm looking for. Very happy with John Michael Schmidt's performance. I want to see him keep it up. It doesn't get better than that. 
Right guard Marcus McKethan, again, coming into this game, a lot of question marks from all of us. We have barely seen this guy play. He was injured last year. Expectations were underground with him. He had an 89.7% pass block win rate, the exact same as Joshua Azudu. But where Azudu was 21st in the league, McKethan was 27th. Again, overall impressive performance for his first time being out there. Guys, I know that this defensive line is not Dallas. It doesn't matter. They sacked Sam Howell six times last week. And I know that they were missing one of their big defensive linemen this week. I get it. But you still have to give Marcus McKethan props for what he did for barely even playing in the NFL. He played the entire game and overall did well. And that's like, this is what I want this team to be. I want the confidence instilled in them so they can go into the Niners on Thursday and just feel like maybe we have a shot at this instead of feeling like if they lost to the Cardinals, Jones got sacked a million times, defense couldn't make a stop, like all of those things, we would all be going into this Niners game feeling terrible. Well-deserved. We should be feeling like that. But the fact that they all have a little bit of confidence just makes me feel like maybe this season's not a loss, okay? Maybe we can turn things around and we can win a few more games than uh, I was feeling last week and in the first half. So, again, I'll give them some props. Speaking of last week, we got to talk about Evan Neal, who made a large, large improvement over last week. Now, I know that there was basically no room to go backwards for him. Like, you know, it was the worst of the worst. Um, but he he really took a big step forward. I know he had some penalties. Um, everyone, there were a lot of players on this team that had penalties that were bad. Him being one of them, but him not being the only one. Again, stuff that he has to work on overall, but he had a 93.1% pass block win rate, 15th in the league. And again, for someone like him who really, really struggled last week, he struggled last year, it continued into year two, I think this is just the confidence that he needs. I mean, I think everyone forgets that these people are human. And I get it. I, I'm with you. Like They have access to treatments and trainings and coaches and all of these things that us normal people don't have access to. They also get paid millions and millions of dollars. I understand that. I'm not making excuses for them, but they are not robots. They are people that make mistakes. And I just feel like for Neil to turn it around like that, I now have the confidence in him to feel like maybe him he could still work out at right tackle maybe we don't have to move him to guard maybe we could get this thing figured out and you know as he continues to play against harder and harder defensive lines like he had a really good performance if he could just build it up a little bit then then maybe this line is not as bad overall as we thought it would be and you know that's all I'm asking for. I don't need them to be a top 10 line in the league. Jones can run, which is great. I just need them to protect him a little bit more. So I think that there's there's some credit where credit's due, and I will give it to the O-line. Now, I need them to keep it into this week and not, like, ruin my week. Um, time will tell. We will, we will see how that goes. Now, let's talk about Danny Dimes. Because he did something that no one except Michael Vick has done. And 
I I saw my DMs come through. I saw you, Daniel Jones haters, saying, this is why you shouldn't have gotten the money. This is why he's not an NFL quarterback, blah, 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 blah. And I get it. He's not perfect. But there's not a single quarterback in the NFL who is perfect. Patrick Mahomes throws interceptions. Trevor Lawrence throws interceptions. Joe Burrow those throws interceptions. They drop balls. They are not perfect. I'm not expecting Daniel Jones to be perfect. Why everyone else is expecting him to be perfect, I will never understand. That's on you. Work on that. But we just need him to be better every week. Like, that's it. I don't know why everyone's expectations are like he needs to be Patrick Mahomes in order to be a good quarterback. We all know he's not Patrick Mahomes. We all know he does not have Patrick Mahomes level talent. So to expect him to do that is asinine. Stop it. Okay? Enough. Daniel Jones is the first player in Giants history with 250 pass yards, 50 rush yards, two pass touchdowns, and a rushing touchdown in a game, but he did it all in the second half. Not even in 60 minutes. He did it in 30 minutes. So give him a little bit of credit because like I said, Michael Vick was the only other player to ever do this in a half since 2000. It happened in 2010 with Mike Vick. So I know it's hard for you people, for you Daniel Jones haters, but like, Maybe he's not that bad. I don't know. You don't have to say he's the best quarterback in the league, but maybe say maybe he's not that bad and we can win for him with him. I don't know how many times like I need to tell anyone that he puts this team on his back. I am not disputing that. And no one should ever try and dispute that because you're fucking wrong. Okay. He has done everything he can to win games. When he's made mistakes, he's tried to fix them. When receivers can't catch the ball, he runs it and does makes plays with his legs. He does everything that he can to try and make plays to win games. He's tough as nails. He's competitive as hell. He's doing what he needs to do to win games. Now, unfortunately, he feels, I think, sometimes like he has to do it alone. And I don't disagree with him because when receivers can't catch the ball, Saquon had 17 rushes for 63 yards. I mean, I know he had two touchdowns or did he have two? I don't know. The run game was bad. It's 17 carries for 63 yards is terrible. Absolutely terrible. So uh, Saquon overall had a good game and he broke through tackles and he scored those two touchdowns and he helped us win this game. I am not arguing that, but he didn't, we didn't even have, we had like barely over a hundred yards rushing. So again, when you don't have a lot of rushing yards, like Jones has to run the ball. He has to pass the ball. We have to do what we have to do to win the games. Anyway, I'm getting off on a tangent, but you know what I'm saying. So a couple other guys that I want to talk about briefly on the offense who did well. Isaiah Hodgins um, caught one of the touchdown passes. His family was sitting in the end zone with his son. It was his son's fifth birthday part, fifth birthday. So Hodgins took the ball and gave it to him. He said after the game that it was a very special moment to be able to do that. So I love Isaiah Hodgins. He has been a great receiver for Jones so far. So um, love him. Glad that he had a great game. 
Darren Waller, another guy who had a great game. Yesterday was a good day to have Jones and Waller on your fantasy team. I am still not going to win my game, which really pisses me off because A.J. Brown is a bum. But um, DJ and Waller had a good game. Shep had a great catch, third down conversion. It was, I don't know what happened, but it was like the second half, everyone turned it on and just realized like we're the laughing stock of the NFL. Like we got to get it together. Jalen Hyatt, two receptions, 89 yards. This is what we were looking for for Hyatt. For all of you people who were upset that we picked him and didn't trade up to get Addison and blah, 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 get over it. I hope yesterday helped you do that. Um, I loved Hyatt from the beginning. People thought I was insane when I said that I wanted him over JSN, but you can still call me insane. That's fine. Um, but JSN just broke his wrist and it was dealing with another injury this offseason. And luckily he was okay and started week one. But I'm just saying, we have enough injuries, like we don't need it. Um, I think Hyatt's gonna be a stud. I'm not worried about him for one second. Came in very clutch yesterday, and that is the type of play that I want to see from this offense. We are absolutely going to see them pass the ball more. Jones spread it around to everyone. Paris Campbell made some great catches in the second quarter. Um, overall, just the second half really picked it up for them. And I just want to see them build on that momentum. So one last thing I want to touch on with the offense is that um, Saquon left with the ankle injury. Luckily, it was at the very end of the game. But we are waiting on in MRI. The results should come back today. Dable already spoke to the media and said that he didn't have any update. But he is um, optimistic after, I guess, talking and being with Saquon. And Saquon seems a little more optimistic, I guess, than he did yesterday. It's not broken because the x-ray came back negative and there's no fracture. So the speculation and what I think, I'm not a doctor. No one has backed this up or confirmed this. It, it's probably, if I had to guess, some sort of ankle sprain. So I would say count him out for Thursday. There is a 0% chance he plays, which is not good for my fantasy league, but I'll figure that out. Um, we obviously will get the results today, and then we'll find out what's going to happen for Seattle one day at a time here. But obviously the big focus right now is the Niners on Thursday, and we can definitely expect not to see Saquon. In regards to Andrew Thomas, um, Dable said he's still day-to-day. -day. Thomas was feeling better. I don't know what will happen on Thursday. We will find out soon enough. Um, one last thing with the offense, too, is that Dable was asked in the post game if he was calling plays in the second half because there was speculation the way that he was holding the card up to like covering his mouth, some speculation there. He said no, that he wasn't. Now, for all we know, he was lying because he wanted to protect Kafka and didn't want, you know, to rat him out to the media or whatever. Um, but he claims he wasn't. So we will see what happens on Thursday. Personally, I never wanted Dable calling the plays, especially last year, because I felt like as a rookie head coach, there's enough to worry about. Like you do not need to worry about calling the plays too. This year, I still think he's got a lot more to worry about the penalties. Oh my God, someone stop them. Um, he needs to work on that. So, and some other things, but I, I don't know if it turns out that he's a better play caller and that helps the Giants win games and that's what they decide to do moving forward. So be it. But I still have a lot of faith in Kafka. And I just think um, it, at the end of the day is more to do with the line than anything else. So um, we will see what happens. Let's talk about the defense, guys. I went into this year thinking that we were going to have a top 10 defense. We have more talent 
We have Wink in his second year. We have no injuries. There are no excuses for what happened during the first half. They could not make a stop to save their life. Their offense scored 20 points in the first half. 20 points. The Cardinals. I mean, if there was ever a time to really be pissed off at this team, I mean, I was pissed off last week. This took it to another level. We are talking about one of the worst teams in the league. James Conner is not Christian McCaffrey, which made me just be like, can't wait to see McCaffrey on Thursday. This will be great. Um, The run blocking, I just, I don't know what it is. Bobby Okurake, who I thought was going to revitalize this defense, did not do anything that I expected him to do. Wildly disappointed in him. Then he gets that flag that was awful and really just, I feel like, took the like wind out of their sails. They were finally, you know, maybe starting to make a little bit of plays, and then that happens. It just, all of it was bad. Micah McFadden, I love you, man. I met him at training camp. He is the nicest, sweetest person alive. He had 12 missed tackles. He led the team. He led the team with four. I'm sorry. The Giants defense in total had 12 missed tackles. He led it with four, which if you were watching that game, someone did not do the math right because I don't think there is any chance in hell that he only had four missed tackles unless every single missed tackle, the camera was only on him. I could have sworn it was way more than that. I don't know. It sounds like it might have been a technique thing. He was there. It wasn't the speed. It wasn't that he didn't know what the offense was doing. Like, he was there. Just, I mean, you cannot miss tackles like that. You especially cannot miss tackles like that when you were playing the Cardinals. I don't know what happened there. I don't know. Um, It was a disaster, to say the least. Um, Dexter and Leo led the team with, um, quarterback pressures. I'm just going to pull up. Okay. Let me pull up this stat for you guys. Dexter had five. Leo had four guys, not a single sack. Two games in a row. Now we have no sacks and no turnovers. And we still can't cover the tight end. Zach Ertz. Really? I mean, thank God the defense came on in the second half, but watching James Connor run all over our defense was horrifying. I just actually could not believe that it happened over and over and over again. I'm like, what is going on here? Bobby Okurake can't make a tackle. Xavier McKinney can't tackle. Adori. I'm like, you guys are supposed to be some of the best players on this team. What the hell are you doing? There's no rain. You're indoors. I know it's supposedly 100 degrees, but like, what are you doing? We just came off of 90 degree humid humid days in New Jersey. Like, enough. I don't, that was some of the worst defensive play I've seen in a really long time. And I honestly, I mean, last week was bad, but this is a way worse team to be playing that bad against. I That really scared me, really scared me because I just, I mean, it's bad enough we can't get to the quarterback. I mean, the D-line, I know Aziz was injured, but my God, Kayvon, uh, the disappointment. 
from everyone. Guys, he didn't have a single stat yesterday. And I know people are like, oh, stats don't really matter. And, you know, they only tell a certain part of the story. And I agree with you. And I don't like live or die by stats. But I think that sometimes they're important to share. And I think they give a good scope of what's going on, like especially the Jones stats from the first half to the second half. Like that, that was the defining change in the game. But no sacks, no pressures no tackles, no quarterback hits. I I have no words. I just do not know what's going on, but he's got to fix it. And he's got to fix it immediately because I will give him a little bit. I will cut him a little bit of slack. He didn't play an entire season last year. Fine. But he came on in the last few games and where that went, I don't know. I don't know why everyone on this team, we saw this all last year. The first quarter and the first half of the game, it's like no one's awake. They're just like going through the motions, not realizing that they're playing an actual football game on TV that's not preseason. I don't get it. And for Kayvon, when seemingly everyone else came on in the second half, for Kayvon not to, I don't know, but it is very disappointing, very disappointing. And I, he's got to turn it around immediately. He has to. I don't know what it's going to take, but he's got to do it. I, I really, I don't know what the problem is, but I, I have seen the bus narrative out there. I'm not going to say it. He, in my opinion, deserves an entirely, he deserves a full season of football. If he keeps going like this for the rest of the season, then maybe, maybe I'll jump on that bandwagon, but I'm not doing it yet. Um, you guys say whatever you want, but I just, that was really ugly. It was really ugly. Um, what other stats do I have for you guys? Um, I don't know. I'm pulling up something else now, but I just... I'm happy that the defense turned it on in the second quarter. Arizona was five for five in the red zone prior. They had that one touchdown in the second half. And then out from there on, the defense really stepped up and they made some big plays. So uh, whatever it took, I'm glad that they turned it around. I think it's really important um, to be able, like they have to turn it on that quickly. Again, you're talking about the Cardinals, like extremely frustrating, but um, they got there. I think that they all have a little bit of, um, a little bit more confidence now. So I feel, I feel like we're going to see more from them there. Something else. Why did Isaiah Simmons only play 13 snaps on 13 snaps? He had two tackles. He also played some special teams, which I thought was interesting. He took some of Micah McFadden's special teams reps, but Honestly, would have rather seen Micah McFadden on special teams and Isaiah Simmons on the defense because that probably would have been a little bit more important in my eyes. But um, I don't know. I just very concerning that they couldn't get there. Um, I don't know what it's going to take to get to the Niners this week. Um I feel like Dexter and Leo finally got there a little bit this week. We're, uh, 
I would bet my savings account, we will not see Aziz on Thursday. So we're going to see Jihad Ward and my God, we're going to see Ziminez again, who is not my favorite player by any means, but he did okay. Um, all things considered yesterday. So for the defense, I don't know, guys. I don't know if I have much else to say. Um, there's one more thing that I want to touch on on the defense. So we got to see a lot of Nacho yesterday, which I thought was interesting, um, especially because Jordan Riley was a healthy scratch. That was very interesting to me. We also saw DJ Davidson, who played 15 snaps. Um, Okurke, Adori, Tay Banks, and McKinney played 100% of the snaps. Pinnock played almost every single one. He missed the one because I think he got um, turf in his eye. But outside of that, he was good. Dexter, 73%, and Leo, only 60% of the snaps. I think the rotation in there is good. I also think that it could be possible that maybe they lowered the snap counts for those guys because they will get more playing time on Thursday. I am speculating, but you never know. Um, overall, I just, I'm happy with the way they turn things around in the second half, but I need more from them in the first half, especially on Thursday with a team against, with a team like the Niners going against Christian McCaffrey. I don't think that anyone feels amazing about having this linebacker and safety core out there trying to stop him. Cause I don't, I certainly don't. So I don't know what they're going to do in practice this week. I don't know what kind of changes they're going to make. What I will say is I am really happy that the coaching staff is making changes almost immediately. I mean, Mark Glowinski toast pretty much immediately. Um, so I want to see that continue. And I think that we will. I, unfortunately, I don't know if, you know, do you think Darian Beavers is better than um, Micah McFadden. I don't know. I don't even think he's on this team anymore. So we'll see what kind of changes they make on the defense. Personally, I would like to see more of Dane Belton. He's one of the few guys who actually has interceptions on this team. He's always around the ball. He's a really good safety. I like him a lot. Obviously, I know that Xavier McKinney is better than him. Jason Pinnock has been playing quite well. But I would like to see more of him in the rotation. So from a defensive standpoint, um, I would like to see him play a little bit more on Thursday. Maybe he will. Um, and we'll see. But let's move along to special teams. I owe special teams a big thank you because, um, as quoted by my mom's cousin, who's a big fan of my podcast, say hello, Lou. Um, Let's talk about special teams. I owe them a thank you because they did they did what I asked them to do. And when I said my expectations for special teams were low, um, I was not joking. That is the attitude that I am going to take from here on out um, with this entire Giants team. Just have no expectations and whatever happens, happens. Because my high expectations of them actually winning games and going into games and looking good from the get-go is not working. So I'm going to try a different approach here. But um, special teams, I I was quoted in my last podcast of saying that all I wanted them to do was not fuck up. And they listened. Like, uh, 
Graham Gano had his 12th game winning field goal. Jamie Gillen looks pretty good. Um, they didn't give up any punt returns for touchdowns. They did a an overall pretty good job. So um, I will give credit to special teams. Thank you for listening to me and not fucking up. That's really all I wanted you guys to do. So for the final part here, let's talk about the Giants and the Niners. The Giants are going into San Francisco, taking on the Niners Thursday night football, just three short days from now. Luckily, we're going in with a mostly healthy team. Um, like I said, we're not going to see Saquon. Andrew Thomas is day-to-day, and Ben Bredesen will be day-to-day with a concussion. I can guarantee we're also not going to see Bredesen. So the line is probably going to look the same as it did versus the Cardinals with the off chance maybe that Andrew Thomas is in at left tackle So um, instead of Azudu. So we'll see how that goes. Um, from an offensive perspective, I want to see the line hold up, keep Daniel on his feet. I would like to see them have a good running game. I know you're going to say, how are we going to do that without Saquon? We have three other good running backs who can step in and make plays. None of them are incredible pass catchers or as explosive as Saquon, sure. But we don't necessarily need that when we can have explosive plays through the air to guys like Jalen Hyatt and Waller. So those are going to be guys that I'm expecting big games out of this week. I know it's going to be a challenge. But out of everyone, I would like to see those guys really step up. I think that they are going to be the two guys on this offense that are going to be the most reliable um, for Jones. So I'm sure we're going to see Jones run a little bit here and there too. Keep your eyes peeled for that. They'll do whatever they have to do to try and win the game. Um, I don't know what that offensive plan is going to look like. Probably, you know, a mix of both through the air and on the ground, but It'll be interesting, especially without Saquon. My biggest concern going into this game, don't get me wrong, I'm concerned about the offensive line, but the way the defense came out yesterday against James Conner, I don't know how they're going to stop McCaffrey because McCaffrey is a dual threat. So he's going to be catching balls out of the backfield. He's going to be used as a wide receiver. He's going to be breaking through tackles left and right. I mean, he's going to be running all over the field. So I just, I need more from the linebackers. I don't know what Wink is going to do from a scheming perspective, but I, I just need them to somehow control McCaffrey. They're never going to stop him and that's okay. They don't have to, they have to control him. They just have to, I don't know, keep them, So every time he runs the ball, he doesn't run for 10 plus yards, because if he does that, it's going to be a very long game. So um, that's what I would like to see from the defense. I I would also like to see them get to Brock Purdy, but I'm not going to get my hopes up over here uh, because we know Aziz isn't going to play. So it's Kayvon. It's Kayvon. Isaiah Simmons, I want to see more out of this week. And Jihad Ward. Those are our edge rushers and O'Shane Zimenez. So if I were you, a bet that I would not take is the over on sacks for the Giants. That's probably one that I would feel pretty confident uh, is not going to happen. But outside of that, knock yourself out with any other bets. Um, 
but yeah, I just, I just want to see them be consistent and I want to see them all just maybe play a little bit better. Again, I, I'm not asking this team to put up a hundred points and score every time they're in the red zone and block field goals and get pick sixes and, and force fumbles and all these things. Just, um, just be consistent, you know, like make plays consistently instead of having the first half look like a high school football team. And then the second half, get it together against the Niners. I mean, I thought 20 to nothing was a big hole. It was, um, you go down 20 to nothing against the Niners and it is going to get out of hand real fast. So I just want to see them, you know, maybe be a little competitive versus what they have been the last two weeks. So, um, you know, my expectations are pretty low for this game. I'm going to keep it that way. The only expectation I have for special teams yet again is do not fuck up. That's it. Just let's keep it simple. That's all I need from you guys. Um, but outside of that, enjoy. Mm-hmm.